We've all enjoyed the adaption of working from home over the last few years, and I know it's helped many of us to keep the home life stable and also continue to get a good income. But if you are working from home, don't think this will become a full-time habit, and that's according to the Commonwealth Bank. According to the Financial Review, the head of CBA's Group Human Resources, Sian Lewis, has said that the bank's management, and I quote, do not believe that there's any role that can be done completely remotely. Apparently, the big bank, which is still enjoying its $5 billion profit they made last week over the last six months of the financial year, believes that fewer days in the office means it's bad for business. Now, the bank is also concerned by gender imbalances by a flexible work model, saying that the lack of time in the office could hurt women from building their career and reaching the top tier of the company that they strive to achieve the best in. 131873, simple question. Would you rather work from home or would you rather use the time in the office for collaboration? 131873, let's check in on what took place in the market today. And now on Money News, the market wrap. In line with global markets last night, our market did struggle today and it was on the back of news last night from the latest Federal Reserve policy meeting minutes that was released at 2pm last night, Washington time. And it did say that nearly all the Fed policymakers agreed that there needs to be ongoing increases in rates and that would be appropriate in the inflation environment that the US is experiencing. And that will be at least for the next two meetings. Well, that spooked their market and it spooked ours. Now, share market fell 24 points to 7,492. Of course, we are in the heart of reporting season and two of the most high-profile companies in the media over the last 12 months in Australia both revealed big profits today. Let's start with Qantas. Their profit jumped more than 100%. You remember this time last year, if you're a traveller, the airline was saying, we can't get staff. We're losing your bags. We've got a service shortage and we're cancelling flights. Well, compared to that period, the December 22 half-year results showed revenue up to $9.9 billion. That was up $3 billion from the same time last year. And profit up $1 billion. And that was from a $456 million loss. Despite that, shares were weaker by 6% to $6.05. And that's basically whether they can maintain that profitability. And we're going to talk more about Qantas with David Flynn from Executive Traveller in just a moment's time. And the second one, Medibank. Well, their financial year has been dominated with news from the massive hack that exposed private medical details of so many Australians. In fact, I can tell you that in the report today, the data breach had 9.7 million Medibank and AHM customers' data stolen and released to the dark web in October 22, which was huge news at the time. And today, Medibank revealed some of the damages caused their business. But I was surprised. They only lost 13,000 customers in October to the end of December. And they then said that they also had some growth where they gained 1,700 new customers in the last six months. And despite all that and spending more than $26 million extra than they announced earlier on cybercrime, they still reported a profit of $233 million. And the market liked that. Shares up 6% to $3.28. IDP Education, they posted a 62% lift in net profit after tax to $82 million as the international education sector rebounds. The result was driven by the group's growing lines of independent uh, research into what students are wanting. And they also increased their dividend. Shares were marginally down to $29.29. And the chief executive of Vitamins Group, Blackmores, they said that despite that people are having constraints on the cost of living and interest rate increases, people are still going to spend money on vitamins and health supplements, which they consider to be crucial. He also said that some of the value-orientated customers are hunting for special deals and the lowest prices, and shares were down 6% to $79.08. 
Bigger cheese, well, that left a sour taste for investors today. They had a downgrade in profit. Shares tumbling 7% to $3.32. And troubled gaming giant, the Star, they revealed some big hits in their half-year results today. Shares are still in trading halt at $1.52, but they had a full page in their annual report today, which was called Significant Action Forward Slash Matters. That included proposed increases in the New South Wales casino taxes, financial crimes agency Austrax seeing civil penalty proceedings, four cases of class actions by shareholders and ASIC taking civil actions against former executives and a current director at the Star. So a few challenges there. If you are a shareholder, unfortunately, you cannot trade your shares at the moment. And... Eagers Automotive declared a record dividend and a record profit for the 12 months to December 31. They said that the demand for new vehicles continued to outstrip supply and a transition to a new normal where the industry operates under a sustainable order. Shares up just under 9% to $13. To run his eyes over where the travel industry stands after the huge result for Qantas, I'm joined by David Flynn, the Editor-in-Chief of Executive Traveller. David, welcome back to Money News again for 2023. Thank you, Scott, and it's great to see people flying again. Well, people were certainly flying, and that result was indicative of what Qantas announced today. I'm going to ask you, David, is travel back, but were you expecting their profit to be so large? Well, look, travel is definitely back, Scott, and analysts had pegged the first half profit at around $1.3 to $1.4 billion, so it's on expectations. And that's the result of not only that strong rebound in domestic and especially international travel, but the benefits of higher ticket prices, that's driven in part by airlines limiting capacity or the number of seats in the sky, while the demand for those seats remains high. Let me say that's not exclusive to Qantas. Virgin Australia is doing it. So are other airlines around the world. They're certainly reaping the benefits right now. I think a lot of people have been put off by some of the exorbitant prices of tickets that you have to pay to actually just get on a plane. You know, I saw Alan Joyce talk today and he said that we do still have some discounted prices, but do you think that high price to fly is going to change anytime soon? Well, international airfares are the sore point. They are starting to come down already, but not fast enough for many people, especially if they're planning the next overseas family holiday. Um, if you look at Sydney to London in, say, premium economy for May this year, it's about $5,400 one way. But if you look ahead in November, it's about two and a half to $3,000. So it's coming down. But even with new aircraft on the way to boost the capacity, Alan Joyce says it'll take until at least 2024 for its international capacity to be back to pre-pandemic levels. And that's when we have these benchmarks of fares we saw of maybe $700 to Singapore and um, you know sub $2,000 to London. That's probably at least another year away. Over the last year, Qantas has been hampered by issues such as flight delays, cancellations, lost luggage. Does a result like this today that is so big show that potentially the shareholder is more important than the passenger? Well, yeah, I would say the investments Qantas is making on the back of this profit. We saw $100 million in lounges announced earlier this week, plus a stream of new aircraft from regional jets for Qantas Link to ultra-long-range flights that'll fly nonstop to London, New York from 2024. Those investments show how important the passenger is. In the airline business, you have to satisfy shareholders and passengers alike. And obviously, Alan Joyce is trying to thread that needle. You talked about the amount of money being spent on lounges. So is Qantas now, after that premium travel customer, especially when global conditions in terms of the economy, are sort of heading south? 
Mm. I I would definitely agree. Qantas has Jetstar to chase the more budget-minded travellers. Mm. But these days, we are seeing a lot more leisure travellers in business class. Now, maybe that's revenge travel after being locked down for so long. It's the travel budget being spent in one big splash. But I do think people are valuing comfort more so they feel better during the flight and they arrive at their destination fresher and ready to start their holiday um, rather than being in zombie mode for the first day. So I think leisure travellers have a lot to learn, a lot to gain from being in the premium cabins and Qantas is wise to chase them. Alan Joyce seems to be constantly under pressure from the public and a lot of people are, are demanding that he should now pay back some of the COVID support the government gave him after a $1 billion profit result today. How likely is that? Which I think is unlikely, but do you think it will happen? I don't think that's going to happen at all. In fact, Alan Joyce made it very clear today that's not going to happen. Yeah, and and probably the position that he's in is... He suggested today that some of his flights, which are cheap, $39 on Jetstar, without luggage, without any food, is the same price of, a, of the cost of an Uber from, you know, Sydney to Bondi. So, you know, do you think that he's fair in discussing the fact that despite his profit, his prices are reasonable in off-peak season? I think that's quite fair. Now, we've heard that line trotted out a number of times when Jetstar has a sale, but it does hold up. And uh, when people are very conscious about increasing costs and inflation and tightening their their belt, um, I think having low-cost entry airfares to attract people is one way to help kickstart things. Again, domestically, things are actually flying really well, but it's international where the focus needs to be. Qantas is bringing back more of the big super jumbo A380s. That puts more seats in the sky. There are three new Boeing 787 Dreamliners coming in the middle of the year. So slowly... The aircraft are coming back, more seats are hitting the market, and that will bring the prices down. David, from an executive traveller point of view, you speak and talk to a lot of businesses, you speak to the public, and obviously you get a lot of inquiries. Where are people travelling, both from a personal point of view, but more interestingly, where are the corporates travelling in 2023? Well, personally, we've seen Fiji and Bali. They're the perennials, of course. Um, London and Europe remain very, very high on the list. Singapore um, is very strongly back, uh, much more so than Hong Kong, which Qantas has only just started flying to. Um, in the corporate world, it's interesting because we're now starting to see conferences come back. But let's remember that during COVID, a lot of conferences moved to a hybrid mode where you could not only attend online, but they could have guest speakers and presenters dialing in using Zoom or Microsoft Teams rather than having to fly in to attend the conference. Yes. So um, I think these hybrid conferences are actually going to continue for quite some time. In a way, they make conferences more accessible to the people who want to attend, and they can bring in more high-level keynote speakers who don't have to face the inconvenience of travelling halfway around the globe just to make a one-hour speech. I think you're right. David Flynn, Editor-in-Chief from Executive Traveller, thank you so much for joining me this evening on Money News. Thank you, Scott.